Learn why entrepreneurs, hairstylists, pastors, military commandos, executives, professional athletes, and coaches trust over a decade of experience to find a clearer vision and purpose for the life, career, and organization. Go to emmasgood.com forward slash R7 and apply today. Finally, get the clarity to level up your career, relationships, and confidence with R7. Hey, welcome everybody. Welcome back. It's good to have you here at the Apply Rigor Podcast. I just want to say. Or it's a Dave and Dave show. Or it could be that. Whether it is sunny, cloudy, rainy, snowy, or windy, welcome for coming in here where it's always nice. (laughs) You weren't ready for that, were you? I was was ready for the title of the show and you just went and took it in a different place. All right. Well, the title for the show today is Courage is Never Convenient. And so... Dave, first of all, when I think about courage, yes. I do think about you know you, you think and about me? hockey. Wow! Oh, yeah. you, wow. You, I mean, it, it, anybody who started a company out of a crazy idea, what 18, 19 years ago, that is still getting it done in my mind is pretty stinking courageous, and I'm this. Thank I, you. I really mean it. I feel abundantly blessed in every way. In every way, all the time, all the time. Love it. Well, hey, well, in order to kind of go where we want to go today, I've asked Dave to share a story that happened recently in his world of hockey yeah. that I am can guarantee every single person who's listening can relate to in some way, shape, or form. So walk us through what happened. All right. So this happened several years ago. I don't remember the player, but I, I was on the bench, and the game was tight. I don't remember, probably 2-2 game, 3-3 game, something like that. Anyway, I, the player was skating down the ice and I screamed, shoot! Right? So, shoot the puck! And, uh, of course, he didn't shoot. And uh, I said, come here, come here, come here, come here, come over to the bench. And I go, why didn't you shoot the puck? And uh, he just shrugged his shoulders. I don't know. And I thought, whose fault is that? Whose fault is it that he didn't shoot that puck? And I said, you know what? That's my fault. That's my fault that I didn't put the repetition, I didn't put the practice plan together to put him in a successful, safe environment where he could perform enough reps to shoot that puck. He wasn't in a training environment where he had the ability or the hockey IQ to shoot the puck. And so it wasn't his fault. It was my fault. Man, okay, so there, there's there's the key question right there, other than the siren going by, which, again, welcome to uh, liveness. When you heard that story, and if we were to stop and say, whose fault is it, who would you have said? Would you have said it was the player's fault? Because they didn't, they didn't crank that stick back and let it rip. Mm-hmm. Or would you have really said it was the coach's fault? And the fact that you say it's your fault is so fascinating, and you just unpacked the idea why, that you didn't build a practice plan there was not enough due diligence not enough reps and you know and practice and preparation really into that and i think when we think about the world that we live in it's so rare to find a leader that looks at a situation and immediately thinks through it enough to say it's my fault yeah you so know? there's there's not that awareness perhaps right. that's not there to say I need to take responsibility for the situation. It's so easy to deflect. Yes. So the idea is, and here's the key question for today, is what keeps us as leaders from taking responsibility for failure, for misses, for those types of things? And here's what I would tell you. Here's what I would submit to you, is the real reason at the end of the day is courage. 
Okay. So if, if you are leading a team and your team isn't really performing or whatever, and you're getting frustrated with that, first of all, you stop, you look at yourself, but are you going to admit it? Are you going to sit down in front of the people and say, man, guys, this is our ladies, whatever team, this is on me. And the question is, we all know that it's right. It's the right thing for the leader to do that. But really, what keeps us from doing that? And that's what I would say is courage. Hmm. It's good stuff. Yeah. So, really, when you think about it, why? Because you got to drill into this. Is why? Because immediately, as a leader, we get frustrated with the first level. Yeah. Of the lack of performance. Well, why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they closing deals? Why aren't they getting to work on time? Yeah. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? Why aren't I hit my my global numbers this quarter exactly right and at the end of the day there's a disconnect that's happening there right and that disconnect comes back to you as a leader but again your ability to admit it comes back to whether or not you are willing to put yourself in that situation to admit it now part of that forces us to then take it another step deeper and, and define this idea of courage so what what is the definition of courage Here's our definition. Yeah. Strength in the face of pain or grief. And so what keeps a leader from putting their arms around a situation and taking the blame is the fact that they or I want to avoid as much of that pain as possible because it's painful. And a lot of times this idea of pain and this lack of courage shows us that maybe we are in a valley. Maybe yeah. we are down there. Maybe we are depleted. And we talk about MEPS all the time on the show. Depleted mentally, emotionally, spiritually, or physically. Mm-hmm. And so when we are depleted, one of the first things to go, one of the first things that leaves us is courage. Yeah. Because we're low. Well, it's self-preservation mode. Exactly. So it's really hard when you're self-preservation mode to have awareness. It's almost, it's almost impossible, right, to be able to take yourself out of the situation because when you're self-preservation mode it's it's really about self that's yeah. what the self-preservation mode is it's it's all about you and not about the environment or the team yeah i mean i i know for me most of my professional career i've done the right thing in terms of taking responsibility for a shortfall of failure or whatever i know um in the marketplace my marketplace life very consistent in that respect but i will tell you um a couple years ago I got into a bad habit because none of us are perfect on the show. Mm -hmm. I got into a bad habit of beginning to blame others for a lack of execution, a lack of um, responsibility. And if I go back and put myself in that situation, I have to ask myself, why did I do that? Why was I not courageous? And again, we just talked about number one, it's because I I was depleted in some of my MEPs. For sure. Number two, I began to find myself in that self-preservation mode where I was trying to stay afloat and I was trying to make myself look a certain way, be perceived a certain way, execute a certain way. And part of it, Dave, is I just got tired. Mm -hmm. I got physically tired and mentally tired and honestly emotionally tired that I finally was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm just, whatever, screw it. I'm, I, I, I can't continue to take responsibility for things that are outside of my control, even though I'm the leader. Yeah. And I'm, at this point, I just, 
I'm deflecting because I'm 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 toasty toast at this point. It, you know, and sometimes it's it's easier to start over. Sure. When you're in the valley, yeah, it's easier just to start over and go. You know what? I need a fresh perspective, and that, and that may be the situation. Honestly, yeah. You know, we're not we're not uh, embracing quitting, right? By any stretch, but you know, like there's times where you know what it. And let me just add this too: what, because courage is never convenient, and you kind of rattle through what it is to, to make the change yeah. and the process management of that change. You know, it's tough. Oh yeah, like that's hard to go. Okay, I accept responsibility. I, I the pace of the leader or pace of the team is determined by the pace of the leader, yep. and I don't like the pace right now. And I'm, I can't blame these people. I have to step up and I have to put the process in place. I have to come early. I have to stay late. But wait a second, I've got soccer. I've got football. I've got basketball. I've got hockey. I've got all this extra yep. stuff. And I gotta, you know. I got to do the laundry. Like, I, you know, it, there's a time component too. It doesn't have to be this highly dysfunctional, you know, moment or, you know, clinically depressed kind of thing. It's, it's really a function of, I've got to make a change. But in order to be courageous, you have to draw from kind of a reservoir or a well of energy within yourself to be able to use as fuel to actually do that. And the problem is when you are depleted, that well is dry and there's nothing you can pull from. This is the birth of this podcast. Yeah. This is why the, the problem that we're solving is that you don't have to be so deep in the valley to realize that this could potentially happen. Absolutely. In fact, this is probably going to happen. Yep. And you have to persevere through it. And this is why we have the cone of emotions and the high eye and the low eye. That's why we're talking about this stuff right now. But, but let me paint a contrast for you. You know, so again... You're depleted in all of these areas. You begin to point fingers and blame because you can't be courageous. What does it look like then on the other side when you are not depleted? Can you be courageous? And here's what I would tell you. Mm -hmm. I took a page from the book from uh, Steve Farber's book, Radical Leap, years ago. And he has an example in there. And I decided to actually try to live out this example and do it. And so we had a month way back when I was in Georgia... Uh, you know, in the marketplace, that was not great numerically. We did not hit the numbers we needed to hit. We did not mm. make the money we needed to hit. And we were still on a big upswing, swing, but I was frustrated. Now, I could have blamed it on marketplace, customers, our employees, all this other stuff. But I had this example in front of me of this book to do something different. And so here's what I did. We sat in our monthly meeting, which was not a boring meeting. It was typically a good one where we spend some time on, hey, here's how we're done. But it was always laced with vision. Here's where we're going. Mm -hmm. But I sat there and I defined reality. I said, this month was horrible. Mm -hmm. This wasn't what we wanted it to be. Here here are a couple things that, that I see that happen. But I literally sat in front of them and I said, here's the problem. When we hit numbers like this, I'm the problem. Mm. And I need to understand what I'm doing wrong because this month tells me I did something wrong. I said, so here's what we're going to do. I'm leaving. I'm walking out of this room. I'm going to go back to my desk. Yeah. And as long as it takes you, oh, team of mine, you're going to come up with all the things that I'm doing wrong. And then I'm going to come back in and you're going to share them with me. And here's what I promise not to do. I will not defend myself or be defensive or blame I may ask clarifying questions, but that's it. I'm going to take a lot of notes. And they kind of, they, you get the nervous laughter, yeah. right? But I walked out and I sat at my desk. And I, I'll be honest with you. I thought it was going to take maybe 15 minutes. So I was like, all right, 
30 minutes goes by and I'm like, oh man, 15 more minutes, we're at 45 minutes now. And I'm like, <laughs> wow, I have a lot of problems, <laughs> right? And so, man, my heart's beating. I'm starting to get a little, a little sweat going. And so uh, all of a sudden they're like, all right, it's time to come in. We were about 50 minutes, close to an hour. And I walk in there and they did the most masterful job of showing me things that I had no idea that I was doing. Mm. Some of the things I was like, I can see that. But yeah. there were some that I was like, man, I had no idea. And what it did, the benefit of being courageous, and Steve calls this the oh bleep moment, right? The OSM. Okay. I put myself in this OSM moment, which allowed me to lead in an extreme way. And the clarity and responsiveness I got from it was unbelievable, but, but, but unbelievable. But the only reason I got there was because I was willing to be courageous, and underneath that courage, I wasn't depleted. Mm. I had margin emotionally. Yeah, I had margin mentally. I, like that. I, like I that. had margin physically. Mm. I even had margin spiritually that I could receive that from them. And guess what happened? The next month, we were right back where we were before the months before. We were cranking. Mm. We never revisited that again. And I look back at that in those first two years there of completely changing that culture as a major marker for me and for our team of what it meant to be courageous and what it meant to take responsibility. Yeah. What do you think would have gotten your way? Like, what, what, are you saying what would what, have what, what gotten your way of that question? What, what, what things could prohibit you from asking that question for those that are listening and watching out there? What? Fear. Fear is a big one because okay. I'm afraid of what they're going to tell me. Yep. And then I think the other thing is a sense of self and a sense of um, identity. Because mm. you attack your identity. What if they tell me I'm not enough? Well, let me tell you, they are going to tell you you're not enough. But are you okay with that? Why would you be okay with that? I think I think you can be okay with not being enough when you understand that at the end of the day, leadership is a team sport. And if I have people on my team that balance me out where I have my own strength areas, but their strength areas are my weak areas, and all of a sudden we're better together than we were before. It's kind of like the old cartoon in the 80s, the Voltron cartoon. Mm. All of a sudden, everyone comes together, and you can you can take down whoever. All right? the millennials just turned off because uh, they're like, 80s? <laughs> What? Right? That, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have this, or the Gen Xers had Power Rangers, right? Power Rangers, but, um, there it is. But anyway, you, uh, you, when you understand you're, and you're okay enough in your skin to know that I'm not called to be the savior of the world, I'm just called to be the best version of myself that I can be. And if, some, and if my team can actually help me with that, mm. what does that do? It builds trust. Yeah. Right? It... It um, promotes authenticity. Mm -hmm. There are so many things that happen when you do yeah. that. Yeah. And so I think those are some things that would have prohibited it for me. And when I think about my bad example I listed before, I never did that with them. Why yeah. did that? Because I didn't have enough mental space, margin, courage, or whatever to then have to deal with that on top of all the other stuff I was dealing right. with. Right. I would have just locked down and been, you know, in this crazy state of frozen. You've been saying, hey, Ben, are you there? And I've been like, yeah, I've, I, I'm mentally and emotionally jammed. I can't move. <laughs> As we wind down the show today, you know, courage is never convenient. I love that. I absolutely love it because, you ha you know, it's it's a time to step up. It's also, you know, the convenient side of it is that you never have enough time to be courage, to be courageous. Yep. Like, oh, I don't have enough time for that. You know, so understanding, you know what, this is a moment where I don't have enough time, I don't have enough money, I don't have enough 
uh, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual margin. But you know what? I'm going to do it anyways. I got to do what's right here. I love what you said because at the end of the day, did I have enough time at the end of the day in that meeting to go through this whole exercise? Well, probably not. But was it worth it in the end? Heck yeah. Yeah. You know, but again, in my bad example, I would have looked at it and said, man, I don't have time for that. We got to get through this, 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 and this in our meeting time today. I can't spend that time. That could, that, who knows how long this is going to take for them to make that list. Yeah. You're 100% right. Yeah. How Are much, you willing yeah. to invest? That's good stuff. It's never convenient. All right. As we wind down today's show, courage exactly. is never convenient. Yep. So here are a couple things to grab onto. Here are a couple handles as as we wrap up today, okay? Number one, begin to ask yourself, where am I not taking responsibility in my life? Is it personal things? Is it things with your team or your organization? You know, conversely, where have I, where do I find myself blaming? And here's here's an even tougher one. Take the person who you are with the most in your organization, ask ask them this. Do I blame a lot? Are there anything that is there anything I've done that I haven't taken responsibility for? Ask them those questions. Number two, once you find that you are, because there's a good chance at some point, in some way, in some environment, you are acting this out. Hmm. Once you find that you are, take some time. As Dave just said, it's not convenient. Take some time to undo it. Okay, and undo by undoing it, create an oh crap moment or an OSM. Okay, where you go, all right, guys, I'm sorry, what am, what am I doing that's not working? And walk out of the room, try it. It will scare you half to death, but the benefit will blow your mind. So those are two things that you can do literally today or tomorrow or next week. I would challenge you not to do next week. Do it sooner than later and then leave some comments on this podcast or on social media where you see this podcast pop up at so that we can hear how you're doing. Because at the end of the day, we want to encourage you. Mm-hmm. You know, We want you to know we're in your corner and we are literally, literally cheering you on. This sounds like they need to apply some rigor. They do. That's what it is. It's applying rigor. It's taking what you've done before, but man, making it so much better and yeah. doing it so, much, so many more times and creating reps. So at the end of the day, as Dave just said, go out into your world, to your environment and go apply some rigor. Take care.